Welcome to the latest edition of Load of Balls, and I'm delighted to be joined by. I'll start with the left. Okay, just to, just to make you feel good, I'll start off with you. All right, Pete McGrath Jr., Danny Hughes, Mark Fitz, and Mark Poland. There you go, Pete. Top billing tonight. Well, yourself, John, but um, I would expect to be ahead of Poland and Hughesy there. I know Fitz is a good pundit, but sure, well, let's move on past that. I thought we were going to move in, 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 in letters of success there. Um, I, I, would have, I would have said that I would have been ahead of Poland and all them other boys there, but I know I'm not thinking. <laughs> Definitely ahead of Poland. <laughs> um, you were saying earlier there, before we went on, there, that Danny has an all-star, but uh, is it... <laughs> do you share it? Do you just give it a month each, or, or how do you how do you do it? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. He had his tongue up so many journalists back in. I think I was winning matches for down when you were fucking still walking about, walking into pubs to watch the games for Jesus' sake. <laughs> I remember, I remember down playing, getting beat by Wexford in 08 or 09, and Joe Brawley said, if they opened the gate in the corner, Danny Hughes would have ran out through it for the ball. <laughs> uh, do, you know, do you know, it's a funny thing, because I actually laughed later on, well, it wasn't too much to laugh at, but you couldn't not laugh at that, because actually one time, I did get the ball over in the sideline, and I did run out over the line with it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was fucking around. He was bang on. Boy, fuck, I was a bad day in Cook Park, but <laughs> bad day in Cook Park for everybody. Big Ambrose. Was it Big Ambrose lost the spleen that day? Was it that day? Yeah, yeah. Was that, was that, the, was that, was that the final? Was it the Matty Ford, Phil Ford? That was Waxford went to a semi final that year, actually, and they were very good. They had a young manager in, what do you call him? The young manager in there, uh, he, um, I forget his name. He was only like in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. He's managing Waxford, but he took them to the semi final. Really good team. Matty Ford was unplayable at times. Uh, Jason Ryan time. was the manager, I think. That's right. Sorry? Jason Ryan. That's the boy. That's yeah. the fella. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing day, to say the least. Well, you went yeah. on to big, bigger and better things, Donnie, anyway. So thank God for that. Big articles uh, in the Irish news and all now. Sure, you. I guess. <laughs> It's amazing yeah. you come on to my wee show, you know what I mean? I feel privileged now. Well, just send the check. Do you want to? I'll let you know who to make the check out of later. <laughs> Boys, I suppose we're, we're all in good tune because Down got off to, to a, a great victory against Fermanagh. Um, the way Junior had them talked up there, I thought Fermanagh were all Ireland contenders, but you know, it, it was a first half, the sort of we're feeling each other out. What, what was going to happen? Do you think then that the introduction of the subs was the turning point, or do you think that Down realised that Fermanagh without likes of Ryan Jones and that they weren't really up to much? Um, Dan, I go to you first. Um, like, listen, I think it was a we is a combination of a couple of factors, but for me, 
the turning point the turning point was obviously Mooney's goal um when he took you know he took possession of the ball as 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 you seen three beat three or four men on the outside and uh, as as was highlighted last night you know in, in times gone by Mooney would have had a uh, Keen would have had a would have went for it would have went for because that's the type of player he was um, and brilliantly passed it inside to again to uh, Guinness and Guinness again maybe a season ago or two seasons ago would have went for it himself but again you can see sort of Tally's coaching all over that and, and Polly would probably tell you he loves that working the ball in and taking it and finding the net you know on taking the keeper out of it so I have to say um uh, that was uh, I thought that was a turning point and Down got a great bit of confidence from it and then they got a couple more scores and to be honest then they run run out comfortable comfortable winners. But I suppose from my perspective, the boys did come in, made a great shout for starting next week. And the way the games are, you know, if somebody isn't performing, you'll not have a backdoor opportunity for boys that's coming off the bench. So the ten or fifteen makes minutes to make a big impression. So I, I would be I'd be very hopeful for this weekend now in the back of it. Mm-hmm. Polly, um, you know, whenever you're watching the game and are you analysing Connor's performance and then, you know, are you hoping that he has a good game and that Down have a good game as well? You know, how do you think that, um, you know, the, the game went as a as a supporter for your you know, family and as a, as a Down supporter? I suppose, like, uh, any, any brother, you're always hoping to... He does well, and like I think uh, they're getting a bit of criticism for not winning team ball around the middle. But there was very little team ball around the middle yesterday. Um, himself and Big Johnny are two honest fellas who put in a shift for the team. And I actually thought that Connor did a decent job in Owen Donnelly, one of the supposedly best midfielders in Ulster. So, um, he, he wasn't in the game at all, and he's usually the brave force behind the Fermanagh team. Um, and look, I played with a lot of them boys too, so I'm always looking to do well. And I thought that maybe just before the end of the first half, I could see down starting to turn the screw a wee bit. They just seemed a wee bit more in the leg than Fermanagh. I don't know if maybe the COVID situation that Fermanagh had maybe impacted their training in the lead up to the game or whatnot, but down just seemed to have a wee bit more in the legs, a wee bit more in the tank. And if Truth being told, there probably should have been a bigger gap in the scoreline at, at the end of the, at the end of the game too, because I thought that you know Down sort of overplayed things a wee bit too in the second half. But look, when the game opened up, it was perfect for the likes of Ryan Johnson coming on, who would probably find more gaps then than he may have would in the first half. So um, look, delighted, delighted, and can see massive improvements in that team already. You know, so. Um, they're confident for Sunday again. Boys, do, do you think that the uh, obviously not playing a competitive game since since spring? I think it was March, March time that the, the, their last game. Um, did they give Fermanagh too much respect, maybe poorly, and and you know that that led to them then just going to point up at half time, or do you think it was yeah, a smart, like- uh, smart tactic just to see just to play their way, way into the game? I, I I just think that there's more in the team too. Um, there seems to be a very cautious approach in terms of, I would really love to see them go and press and the opposition team's kick outs, you know, especially when they maybe get a score from a free kick when the players and the time to set up before the, the ball, you know, is uh, put over the bar. 
Um, um, they just seem to, once they get a score, just to sit back and get into this defensive shape and invite teams onto them, you know. I just think that there's more. I just feel there's more, more in them. You know, like the pace in that team's crazy. Like it's, it really is. Um, and maybe they did pay. Like Bristol Park's not an easy place to go to, so you can be, you can understand maybe why they, they were a wee bit cautious. And as you said, there, like that team down team hasn't played together for how long? Like it's the first competitive game in months. Um, and another thing you have to take into consideration too, John, is like. Them lads are travelling on their own the whole way across the Enniskill. You know, no company in a car, a jeep or whatever. Two-hour track, maybe, getting out. And that probably had a wee bit to do with, you know, the slow start as well, a heavy pitch and that there. So you need Did to they not take a bus to... down, Paulie? They didn't take a bus down and, and or two buses down? No, as far as I'm aware. I know Connor drove in his own anyhow. I think they all maybe went in their own cars. So I could be wrong in saying that. I don't know. But um, I know. I, I, no, I, I don't know. Just I thought logistically they would have travelled on two buses with, you know, isolated and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I, yeah, it just makes it even more impressive than when they do put in that shift, you know, not a performance. But, yeah. Wait, Romana, did they disappoint you? Were you. You know, they're very, very negative tactics. Like they only had one, it, was, it seemed one one plan, and it was to isolate Thomas Corrigan in, in the full four line and hope to God that he that he could do something. Yeah, look, I mean, we said last week that if Down were defensively disciplined, Fermanagh wouldn't rack up much of a score. Uh, and I think a lot of their scores came from dead ball situations, particularly in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, Fermanagh did disappoint me having said that I agree with Danny in that the goal was certainly the turning point and you know you look at the goal which I think was around 45-50 minutes in and um, I should add we're all lucky to see the goal because we probably all nearly fell asleep at half time the first half was that bad um, but when Down got the goal opened the three point gap Fermanagh had the next two attacks and couldn't get a score. Down go up the field, point, gap opens to four. Same thing for Man have another chance, miss, gap opens to five. So all of a sudden, uh, you see that wee bit of a clinical edge kicking in. Had for Mana maybe got a goal, they never looked at scoring a goal, but had they got the goal, the game could have been different. Um, but certainly you look at, at that for Mana team and you, some of the young lads who came in, they tried hard, but you, you think of the players that they're trying to replace from Fermanagh teams over the last three or four years, and particularly defensively, you can see deficiencies there now that wouldn't have been there when the likes of Ryan McCluskey, Barry Marone, Damian Kelly, Niall Cassidy, Mickey Jones, Damian Kelly were all in that Fermanagh defence, big physical strong players who knew what county football was about. Um, a lot of that from our team the other day, and I accept a few of them were championship debutants, but a lot of them just seemed really to be, be caught out by the whole thing and the what championship football is. Even some of the more experienced players. I mean, it struck me in the first half how slow Fermanagh were on the ball. And I'm thinking here the likes of James McMahon and Owen Donnelly, players who would have been central to Fermanagh in the last four or five years when Fermanagh were playing their best football and driving forward with intensity and in, in waves and with numbers. And there was just, there was none of that on Sunday. Uh, well, I think you, you see, you see when, when you're saying about 
Stale, when you look at Cork and Kerry match, when you look at what team, uh, you know, a division team, three team in Cork, you know, not the happens at the world in late in, in this last number of years, as, as everybody knows. When you look at down coming from division three again, again, they're, they're struggling through matches with a, you know, a rigid enough decision, which, uh, or defensive system. And, you know, when you look at how Kerry approached that game yesterday, and you're just going, why, why do, why do Kerry feel the need that they have to set up like this? Um, there seems to be, there seems to be a mare around playing like this. So you get your twelve or thirteen or fourteen lads behind the ball, and you set up defensively, and that hasn't changed since McGuinness more or less changed Gaelic football in the way it's trained and the way it's coached. And I believe, like Polek. I would love to see Down come out and press the ball because when you see 12 or 13 or 14 men behind the ball, there's no actual pressure. Marty Clark said it on, on, on this commentary as well. There's no pressure on the ball when they're knocking it about uh, 10, 12, 13-yard passes, knocking it back and forth. I would love to see Down putting a wee bit more pressure on the ball um, and, and trying to press it a wee bit more up there because let's be honest, you're not going to win any type. I don't think, I don't believe you're going to win any silverware. You're not going to develop as a team until you start to recreate what Dublin do. And you have to start somewhere. And if it doesn't start now, when are you going to start? So, you know, let's, when we, when we have boys to run off a bench, when you have 40 or 50 minutes in boys to really push and push to the very limits that they can go, they have a bit of work behind them. They have a bit of pace now. Why can we not press? I'm, I'm not, listen, Tally's a top-class coach. He knows the game more than me. But simplistically, like Coley, I can't see why we can't press a wee bit more, be a wee bit more adventurous given the legs we have in the team. Yeah. But say, I suppose, like, you know, you see their, the legs to Connor Poland and, and coming up against Donnelly and, you know, Donnelly not having a big impact on the game. Maybe Down don't need that two sweepers in in defence, then you know that they can allow them the the forwards to push up into the attack more and, and pressure, maybe get turnovers in in the final third. Yeah, well, Paddy Talley's got his template that he that he's used very success in the past. As much as I would like to see down, but that wee bit more adventurous in, in terms of likes of their press and that, as we mentioned, it's not going to happen against Calvin. It's not going to happen this year because Paddy. Tally is not going to change tact an awful lot, I don't believe. Um, surely the option would be there. Yeah, we've we've a, a decent spoiling um, sort of midfielder in place. Um, they, they could go that wee bit more adventurous, but I, I just can't see it with Tally's track record with teams. I think it's too much to change in one game. It might spring a surprise, but um, I, I can see us setting up very, very similar against Calvin as did against Fermanagh, and there'll not be a massive... Uh, see a change in the terms of how the game's approached either. No, it's it's interesting times, boys. And I suppose, you know, the um, the standard performers for me was, you know, the half-back down the midfield and um, probably Barry O'Hagan um, in the full, or in the half half line, but he's playing very, very deep. And I suppose, Danny, that's one of the roles that you sort of began with down was, was that wing half-forward role. Um, dropping deep and and then trying to get on the end of scores as well. Um, Barry has sort of come of age now. He's trimmed right down. You can see that he's carrying no body fat whatsoever, and I suppose that's that's what's needed in, in, in that role. 
Well, Gary Gary Higgins uh, really, you know, be one of the best club forwards um, in the game uh, in down at the minute, um, and has played a lot of football inside for his club, and has played a lot of uh, football so far in down inside. And again, I suppose I had it early enough in my own intercounty career where I was inside, albeit it was a different type of football there where you could play inside. There was no sweepers. So there's that that you know it was it was a lot more traditional, but I think Barry Barry O'Hagan uh, is is probably going to uh, see the benefits of playing now. If I was to pick a role to play in today's game, it certainly wouldn't be inside. It certainly wouldn't wouldn't be um, anywhere near the full forward line. It would be at wing back ideally, if not like Poli. There's Poli, one of the best wing fours we we've had. Um, for for whatever number of years, and invariably, Polly could play now at wing half back, or me playing the wing half forward. I could invariably play at wing half back now, and you know, there's no real difference between wing half forward and wing half back, given that the rules. In fact, wing half back would be a preferred position because you're coming onto the ball all the time. But Barry Barry will get that wee bit of freedom out there, and if the, he he has the lungs and the and the you know, I suppose the commitment and discipline to do the tracking, to do the work, he can get three or four or five points a game easily in today's game because he's got very, very accurate. He's got a great shot on him. He carries great distance. And if he can get, um, if he can continue that form going into the cabin match, I can't see why he can't. And it's so important now as a wing forward, in my opinion, and it always has been the fundamentals of Gaelic football haven't changed. You have to carry a scoring threat. And he certainly does because of his time inside where he has that bit of accuracy and he's strong. So he, he can he can use this as a real springboard for himself at intercounty level. Um so him being out there, he'd really benefit from 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 that position that he's been given, that wee bit of freedom. Uh and obviously his own skill set will, will allow him to come off both feet and and, and add really add to the down attack, you know. Foley, the centre half forward position, um Petey was trying to get the ball into the Donald O'Hare and was seeing, you know, it just didn't come off. Do you think it was the, the you know, the, the conditions and, and you know, the, 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 you were saying about Brewster, Brewster Park, the, the, under, the underfooting there? Yeah, like, uh, it, it looked as if himself and uh, Caelan Doherty were sort of playing as a, like a twin. Caelan is sort of a link man and like PD showed his quality with that that through ball he nearly got into Donald in the first half that time. Um, once I had finished up, I always thought that he would be the one that would come in and maybe take the 11 jersey and it just hasn't seemed to happen for him for some reason. Like, But um, to, me, to me, he's one of the best playmakers in the county. Um, I again as a forward, I would like to see him play a wee bit closer to the full forward line. As a centre half forward, you're always pinning your I would always pin the game between the D and the fifty. Mm-hmm. And when the ball wasn't coming through, you were turning on your heels in that support. But there's very little ball played in the full forwards now. And as Danny says, like I actually felt sorry for Donald and Jerome yesterday because it is one position in the field that must be Nightmare to play these days, like especially in our county football. Um, do you think? Do you think you know uh, Donald's reaction of being taken off at that time was because the game was starting to open up a wee bit, and probably there was, there was opportunity to, to to get on the ball more. Like to me, yeah, with Donald O'Hare, Donald O'Hare's movements first class. 
and yet Lee Down just seem to run the ball. Um, and when you have the pace that the, they do, then so be it. In the first half, when it was tight, they tried a few kick passes in, the accuracy wasn't there. And if they did kick it in, it was more or less into the corner where the boys were had a, a mountain of work to do. Um, he had just scored the goal. Um, and I'm sure, as any player will tell you, like, you know, to be hooked straight after that, they're very, very frustrating. But look, that's just the way the modern game is now at the minute. It's a very, very uh, difficult position in the field to play. Like, you know, um, I wouldn't envy it now, to be honest with you. Pete, for you, what was the, what was the highlight of the match? Like, you know, taken away from, from, from Anna. I know there were, you know, there were, there were down players and, you know, it was a game that, that down needed. But for you, um, what was the, what was the standout? Well, the standout moment of the game was the goal. The brilliant run, the good team play, and the, and, the, and the clever finish. Both teams kicked some very nice points at different stages in the game. Um, the the one moment, though, that encapsulates that game for me, I think, was a, a brilliant, brilliant block by Paddy Murdoch uh, in the first half, um, which I think it was Tomas Corrigan at the shot. No, sorry, it was Declan Cusker who shot, and Paddy made a superb block. Uh, showed real commitment, desire, put everything on the line, uh, and that's what you need in Challenge of Football. Just to go back to what Poli said for a second about down, sort of, and, and the congested nature, if you like, or the lateral play that, were, that, that we saw a lot of. A word of caution on that going forward would be that Calvin against Monaghan struggled in the first half when Monaghan went at them and played with fluidity. But in the second half, when Monaghan started to try and hold possession more and and sort of work it side to side and, and then try and find gaps, that's when Calvin were able to grow into the game. So I do think that I would agree with what the boys have been saying is that next week down do have to look to be that bit more direct because Calvin will be able to, to cope with that slower pace of the game much better than Fermanagh proved to be able to. Uh, but, uh, there was no coincidence yesterday. Antrim cut through Calvin two or three times, you know, mm-hmm. so there'll be opportunities there. Mark, Mark Fitz has said there that, and he's 100% through, uh, to Paddy. Paddy is very consistent in how he coaches a team and how he sets up a team. He's not going to try anything uh, left field. Um, it was interesting when we were at Howard Liverpool match yesterday and Jurgen Klopp decided that he would start four of his best forwards, Jada, Emane, Saleh and Firmino. And it was a bit of a left field decision. It had to be one or the other, but he decided to go. I don't see Paddy being like that in a in a in a personnel or coaching perspective this weekend. It's going to be very tentative first half and the big score is going to be a goal for either team and then whoever gets it are going to have to uh, if Down are lucky enough to get it what, what Down will do is then they will break and they will use the pace um, they will use the pace then to uh, to try and, and draw Gavin into a false sense of Going, going for broke then. But Calvin, with, with five games under the belt, with a sixth game now coming up this weekend, I just think this is a fantastic opportunity for Down to go and win this game. And to test, I would test this Calvin backline in the first half, given that they have been on the road five weeks in a row, you know. But as, as Fitz said, I, I can't see anything left field uh, happening here. Um, and Paddy Morick, what, what Pete said there about Paddy Morick, Patrick Moore is a real find for down at fullback. Mm-hmm. Polly will tell you over the years we've we've had big Dan was in there for a while, but then you lose him at midfield. You know, down down haven't really had a real settled fullback, and it's fantastic to see him coming in there 
a centre half back and full back are your two key positions there, and to have him there, um, I think is fantastic for Down at the minute. But you see, you see there, you're saying it's left field, like pushing up and kickouts and putting pressure on uh, Calvin's kickouts isn't really left field. But, but it's left field. It's left field for Paddy. But you're saying there too about pressurizing them on in defense and you're tempting them into short kickouts and things like that there. Like when down get ahead of teams like that full on press could reap even more rewards. Do you know what I mean? Because okay. uh, listen, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with you. I'm fully in agreement. I think we should be pressing at different pages. It's all right if you're under the caution, you have to take a bit of a breather. I'm total total agreement that you need to press. You need to force the team down one side of the field and then really squeeze them out onto the line and squeeze them into making mistakes. I get that. And let's be honest, if they did get through Calvin, if they did get through Calvin, they're going to be beating one of the favourites for the All-Ireland in Donegal. So Paddy will be using this game as a... There won't be, in my opinion, any massive change in tactics from what we've seen against Fermanagh. It'll be absorb the punches, rope dope stuff, and then hit on the counter, hit on the break. And he'll be looking to the long play there. Um, and I, was I, he a I coach? Just think... Was he, he came in as 08? Lads, for the fuse, wasn't it? Oh, wait, was did he have any say in the tactics then, or was it just coaching the tactics? Oh, I think, I, th- manager? I think he, I think he did have, uh, there's no doubt he had, um, an influence on, uh, on, on selection uh, and stuff. Probably not as much as he wanted, um, in, in 09 because you know, you'd, you'd Ross and DJ there, and you'd Mickey Doyle, um, and you know. You would you had probably characters there that would have their own ideas about how the one to set up, how the one to play and personnel, etc. So, um, yeah, I'd say probably he, he didn't have to say that he wanted. And in 2010, he was going to go for the job. He was going for the job. Sorry, along with Brian McGaver. Um, and you know, down I suppose at that time hadn't the history of appointing outside managers. And I think James uh, was going to need. Um, good men along with him, and um, it just was a perfect fit. So, uh, yeah, and that you know, as players, we got that wee bit of continuity as well from from a panel that had chopped and changed every three years, three four seasons. of new management, you know, came in, and and then you're throwing out the the the, the baby by the bathwater as well, and and, and that case. So there's a wee bit of continuity from '09, and Tally had had seen what he needed to see, and then obviously. Players coming back in, coming back in the form, which which made it holy uh, there, and, and Marty Clark and Callum King and boys like that coming in, it really added that wee bit of magic to us, you know. So did you um, have a defensive shape? Like was it talked about whenever you lost the ball? Like were you used to press or were you used to do you sit in a, in a zone poorly or was it what way were you told to set up then? I know football uh, changed a wee bit there. It was win the ball back as quickly as possible, mm. basically. I think Kevy might have adopted like a sweeper role back then um, from maybe one of the qualifiers. He lined out at six and he would have been the defensive cover. But other than that there, I don't think it was it was nowhere near as defensive then than what yeah. it is now. Like, you know, and I think Polly, if you remember, I think we, we were beat by Tyrone in casement in the semi final of Ulster. And I think that day was a bit of a watershed where I think we had decided before the game to allow Brian Dewar to go free and I think had it yeah after 15 minutes we were flying we were four five one up 
but it kind of blew up in her face where Throne had that bit of experience and then do her sorry to get uh, a lot of influence in the game and I think he put in a really good shift and scored two or three points then that day and I think tactically we grew up a wee bit that day as well even on the field Polly if you remember um, I was taking off a half time that's when I won Hershey <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I didn't know that did you? <laughs> I didn't know that Let's uh, see um, you know as you said <clears throat> there, do you think that it works so well that, ta- that Fatty Tally won't change his tactics won't change his personnel it'll be the same starting lineup um, that will come into the Cavan match and who is going to mark McKernan, um, Groyd McKernan for for Calvin? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there'll be much change now. Obviously, you can speculate on that, but I generally think it will line up the same way. And even personnel wise, if there's maybe one change, you know, you might see possibly either Liam Kerr or Ryan Johnson come in. That might be. I can see a, a one change in there from the start, but. Roy McKernan um, operated at 11 against Antrim, and once he got on the ball, he had one thing in his mind, and that was to go direct towards the Antrim goal. So he's serious pace and strength carried forward. I think he ended up with three points. So not going to have to only worry about Roy McKernan. Oshin Pearson as well. Um, again, he showed he got a couple of points, and he's going to have to be watched tightly. But, you know, the big lad, you know, Kernan. Big, strong, formidable. It's definitely going to have to be a man marking job. I thought maybe Jerry Collins struggled a bit with Tomas Corrigan, and then if McKernan's going to play that we that role, and sort of he's got that wee bit of freedom. Um, you know, do you maybe put the likes know, Johnny Flynn in him? You know, something like that. Somebody matching him physically that way. But it's not just going to be McKernan. There's there's a couple of others, and as well see Calvin off the bench. See the likes of Gallagher coming off the bench mm-hmm. and Thomas Edward Donahue, and boys there. So Calvin have a lot more firepower than I think people give him credit for. Yeah, no, Pete. Who do you think down will deploy? Is it going to be Pierce Lavery, um, Johnny Flynn, Connor Poland, or is it going to be Kevin McKernan on a, on a man marking job? I think, in terms of Garage McKernan, purely for physical size. It'll be Kevin McKernan, I think, in terms of... I know Garage has pace when he gets going, but he's maybe not the fastest off the mark, which could suit Kevin. Um, and in terms of that old physicality and sort of just get something on the ball, disrupt his rhythm, I think McKernan would be very, very well suited to, to Garage. I think inside you'll see Pierce Laverty probably looking to pick up one of the sharper corner men because Kevin... They don't really have a standout sort of one go-to man for scores. I think the 12 different scores, for example, against Monaghan out of 215, you know, it's quite a spread of scores. So um, I think Down will, will have to to balance out their defensive resources. But I think if you if you disrupt Garage McKiernan and knock him out of his stride, you go a long way to uh, severely disrupting what Cavan tried to bring to matches. Um, you've obviously got this... Uh, success history in Calvin because a lot of these guys now have won under 21 uh, Ulster Championships and so on and so forth so they'll come into the game confident they'll be looking to get to an Ulster Senior Final and they'll from their perspective will believe they can go out and beat Down but I do think the sort of freshness that Down have uh, having most of the players only played one full match um, could be quite telling come the last 15-20 minutes and that could be enough to maybe see down over the edge in this one. 
I think um, Johnny Flynn, for me, now Johnny Flynn would be the natural player to pick up uh, Gary because of his strength in the air. I think Johnny is one of the tallest players that we have and physically strong and can really, if you can keep the ball away from McKiernan and spoil it all the time, you know, prevent him, get players around him. I think Connor Poland, you know, Mark will probably obviously um he he'll be he'll be accused of being biased. But there's Mark the other day he puts in his t- tackle count would be massive. Um so again he he's there to uh, to maybe snuff out Gallion and uh, Connor offers yeah a wee bit going forward as well. He won a couple of frees and scoreable positions as well. So that's you know, I suppose from a midfield perspective, um you know, I I would say that down if if you can break even at midfield, I think if you can if you can break even at midfield in any county match, then you leave it to the forward lines and the halfbacks to win the game for you. Um, and I think with Downs bit of pace around the middle, around the middle middle third, there they have the ability to go for. But for me, Johnny Flynn, he's in there to do a job. Um, and he, uh, and both him and Connor done a good job the other day. So I, I would think that Johnny Flynn would have to pick up McKiernan, Connor maybe on Gallion. And again, you know, I think we can do a job there. And McKiernan wasn't as influential as last this uh, last week against Antrim that he was the week before. There, these guys are five matches in, five weeks in a row, heavy field. You know, you know, it's bound to have an impact. Has to. Fully, I suppose McKernan, he he doesn't play the traditional centre half forward role. You know, it was highlighted before the cabin like to leave that space um for runners coming in. Then, you know, it's just a man marking job and making sure then that the channel is, is blocked up. Um, when he gets the ball, he's a wee bit like Danny there. He'll only pass when he has to. <laughs> Danny didn't even pass when he had to. <laughs> I, played, I played a couple of years Railway Cup with Big McKiernan and he probably wasn't the type of player I was used to because going for goal was his first and maybe only option, you know, and he had a shot from anywhere. So <laughs> that's the thing they need to be aware of that when he gets the ball that's the thing he has in his head so if you can get a spoiler on him or you could even double up on him as soon as he gets the ball because I think if you can get the double up quickly mm-hmm. he cough up his head he's very very direct and that is his game he's a wonderful left foot don't get me wrong but I think he can be if, if we're cute and we can get bodies around him as soon as he receives possession then you will take the ball off um, but does he play centre half forward? Does he play midfield? I know he wears eleven, like, but he's a big unit. He's probably a target for a lot of kickouts as well. So, look, I don't know what the break ball count was yesterday, but it, it didn't seem to it didn't seem to me that Down picked up maybe a lot of it. Fermanagh seemed to pick up the scraps, you know. So, mm-hmm. look, in, the, in these times, that's probably another key thing. So, getting bodies in around him from kickouts as well as general play would be, be important. Well, I suppose with the with the, the you know the impact with the the subs made then, um, you know it, it just highlights the fact that how much talent there is in down football now. You know I don't think that that supporters and people in down are given you know enough credit that that there is quality players about Fitza. Definitely, and that was a big plus of thought for down uh, there yesterday. It, the changes. 
the quality of the personnel that brought on and, and at the, the junctures that brought them on up because the, Ryan Johnson for me would start near enough any other county in, in Ulster and you know, you're bringing him off the bench, you're bringing in Liam Kerr who I know Martin McEwen commentary was raving about Liam Kerr before the game as well. Um, James Guinness coming in there, he's a wee bit more other county experience now. And McCartan um, from Warren Point, you know, these boys, like, they're, 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 came on there to impress because straight knockout championship and this is this is their chance of really staking a claim for starting the next day out. But uh, Corey Quinn again came on as well. So there's down five real good replacements there. Good solid players who, uh, uh, the pace in the legs, that was the big thing. Bringing them on at those stages, and them boys are are, are very fit footballers, and the big strides to run um at the rear yard there for mana, and it caused them all sorts of problems. So definitely, I know I know the cliche and all this, you know, it's a twenty man game and all, but it really was for down yesterday because they used the bench so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with substitutions, I'm sorry to bring it back to the twenty ten for you, but. Um, you know, are you in danger then that it's worked one day and that you get at the template then that you know this is the way it's going to go and you know the subs that before you before the yeah. match is even embroiled? Like, yeah, John, listen, I listen the work yesterday, um, and the players that came in definitely added. There's there's no doubt about that, but you know it mightn't even be tested against Cavan. It'll be tested against Donegal if they were to make a final of Donegal and Armagh. It'll be tested as the games go on. You know, it's already coming on and having 10 or 15 minutes in a game that's broken up as well, broken up, down or leading. It's when down or maybe behind. That's when subs can have an impact and you see the measure of a club player. The likes of Corey Quinn and stuff is a very good, very talented wee club player and stuff like that. You know, he's still in the early introductions with county football as well and he's better when the game's broken up. There's no doubt that Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson's a very talented footballer, very, very talented footballer. The question mark I would have about Ryan, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter, it, does he have the discipline on the field for not discipline as in, you know, turn around hitting somebody a slap, that mm-hmm. not type of, it's getting back into formation, giving the ball when, you know, it's easier to take three two taps or four top taps and run into a corner. But that, you know, does that, does that prevent balls moving a lot quicker into more dangerous players or into better positions? And that's the discipline Ryan will have to get used to it's not you know he, he's a very effective roller for Kilku. he carries the ball carries the ball carries the ball out of the fence that doesn't operate at county level because you're playing with players of a similar ability and, and, and level and other players that demand and want the ball a lot sooner so those those are questions that uh, that only those players will have to answer themselves when they come into a match can they make the right decisions can they be the, the, the can they carry the discipline of inter-county football? Because club football, I'll tell you, club football and county football are totally, totally different. Totally different. You're operating at far, far different levels. So, yes, they've worked, today, uh, they've worked at the weekend. They might even work against Calvin, but it's against a better team. So that's the true measure of boys that are coming off the bench. But in fairness, it worked. And we'll have to be thankful of it. But um, that's no guarantee for the next day. Forty, what impressed you then with the... With the... The, the substitutions that come on, um, you know, will it work against Cavan? And, and you know, where do you see the winning of this match? Um, like the subs yesterday did their job. I um, I think maybe potentially Liam Kerr would probably be the one that you would potentially be starting. I heard that he went very well in training. I think he might have been caught up in COVID. He missed maybe missed a couple of weeks training or something. 
Um, I don't think there'll be too much change. To me, the game's just playing a lot better coming on when there's gaps appearing and he can use his athleticism and that there to get through. I would sort of agree with Danny there. That, um, when he starts, the game's tighter and he might find it hard to play his type of game. So um, it's probably not a good thing to be to be saying about somebody in terms of you know that sub impact role because nobody wants it. Um, where the game is going to be won and lost, if Down can replicate their second half performance, um, can Barry put another performance in like he did yesterday? Um, the, the big thing to me, John, is I would love to see another two, three runs out of Mooney in each half because. Anytime he makes a run, there's an end product. Um, I remember talking to his daddy about it maybe last year, the year before too, and he was saying the same about he feels that there's maybe another couple of runs in Caelan. And I would love to see that too. Um, I'm not sure what position he was playing yesterday, but again, going back to my own theory, I wouldn't have him chasing back in dark corner back, full back positions. I'd be trying to keep him in and around the midfield area and trying to get the ball to him as quickly as possible so he can break because once he gets on the ball he creates a like, well, fun, 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 Funny you should say that Paulie is a couple of times against Fermanagh Fermanagh had broken down the down attack and Keelan had actually tracked on a couple of occasions and broken down the play he got a hand in here and he got a hand in there the most impressive stuff about Mooney not only the goal and the run but he kicked a point in the first half when down needed a point it was an excellent point he scored a goal against Mayo last season I think in Uri where he shouldered mm -hmm. Keelan I think you know I suppose Keelan for me has improved on their tally no end because he's starting to make decisions and get into positions and I suppose that's why maybe he's, he's been made captain in the absence of Darren who's who's a massive blow to Darren I think Darren O'Hagan would add so much more to us Darren O'Hagan's a fantastic one of the best mm -hmm. players in town and has been for a number of years but Keelan I see a change I definitely see a change in Keelan and like yourself while they don't you don't really want him ideally chasing a corner forward but he offers so much pace and so much cover there, even when he does, to get a hand in. And I've seen a big improvement in him. So, um, but if, I think if, you're, if you're an opposition team, if you're in an opposition team, you want him being dragged. You want him oh, following. Totally. Her. You would just run him. You would run, and I'm sure Fermanagh probably did that yesterday. They probably put somebody on him just to run him, you know, as far away the from other the other way. Yeah. 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 To me, people always rave about his speed. But to me, even when he came into the panel at an earlier age, he is a far more intelligent footballer than people would probably give him credit for because they always okay. go back to the speed. He can see a pass, the hand pass to Daniel Guinness yesterday when the goal chance sort of opened up. Just the presentation of the pass, you know, any other player, the ball could have went to ground, it could have went, you know, and took the sting out of the move. But he is a far more intelligent player than a lot of people would maybe give him credit for. And that's that's one of the the the, the problems you had as well with Strabber, is where to get the best out of Mooney and where to hurt the opposition as well. Yeah, look, the talent that Keenan has is undoubted, and um, the athletic ability he has is is beyond doubt as well. Um, I think he is someone who I think Down have sort of puzzled over for for a number of years now. Um. I know Danny has said Paddy's got the best out of him. I would also say during the same two years, he's at a different management at club level. <laughs> um, 
How many club games has he played? Hey, <laughs> everyone that's it. Um, so look, when you have a player like that on your team who is, I would say, almost certainly the fastest player left in the Ulster Championship, uh, one of the most dynamic players left in the Ulster Championship, one of the most complete athletes left in the Ulster Championship, one of the best fielders of a ball left in the Ulster Championship. You know, that's a weapon in your arsenal that you want to to maximise the best possible way you can. And I think you saw almost every time that Keelan got involved in the play on, on Sunday, something came of it. Either a shot from him, he scored, I think, two points. Uh, he was fouled in the, in the first half for an easy free. It was obviously the goal. If Down can just increase the regularity of those bursts forward, then... You could really be into a seriously um, positive situation for Down against any opposition, be that Fermanagh, Calvin, or anyone further down the line. John or Poli, tell tell the boys about the time I beat Mooney in the sprint, and then he pissed off to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? No, I remember. I remember first training session. Do you know what? It's quite ironic that his first training session was in Savile because I'll never forget it. And he beat you in a sprint and you cried away home. <laughs> and speak- I, was in the car. I was in the car and he beat the car. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of club games, Stanley, that was probably the only training session in Savile you were at that year. <laughs> Good man, Pete. Good man. We actually, we actually did a running session there in the track in St. Coleman's. Um, in my last year, and um, it was actually we all the oldies, all the snow coaches were at the back, but Mooney's group was in front of us. And it got this stage where we were like, Here, Mooney, give the rest of them the head start there, will you? And I swear to God, the man went round the bend, he was like the roadrunner, he just <laughs> he put something put a rocket in him, and away he went. Like, but uh, I hear Liam Kerr give him one for me, did he? So I hear. Well, we Johnson. Johnson's quick too. Mm-hmm. Well, see, uh, Mooney burst. Mooney came in in 2011 before he went away. And he was only 18 or 19. And we played Cork. I think it was Cork. We played in Uri one day, uh, Polly, if you remember. And um, he, he come on. Uh, he probably came on for you again, Polly. Actually, but I know uh, it was only it was it was only a challenge match. But uh, he went through. Honestly, he went through. He got the ball in midfield and he took off and he went through five cork fellas as if they weren't there. And I just looked. I looked around and I just says to myself, "Wow, this boy's this boy is deadly, deadly quick." And it was seen when you seen him in flight with the ball. It was uh, it was really impressive stuff. And and listen, it was no. It was no, it was no surprise when he when he left for Australia, but um, certainly he's a massive massive asset for for them. Like, and I just on just on as as sprinting, um, you know, why is it he can only is it just his endurance? Do you know is it that quick that it, that it takes up that much energy in sprints? <laughs> that's, or, I, I, that's, <laughs> that's 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 the big that's the big question. As Polly as Polly says himself, listen, I think Keelan Keelan would know himself. I think I think he's as I somebody said he was asthmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not sure whether that you know that uh, that's any reason why you know maybe you don't get more. Out. But listen, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Yeah, I think uh, Keelan, uh There's no doubt you can get more out of him in a game 
um, they can get more out of them on a game. And and the question is, and it might be for other people to say, it might. It's a question: is where do you play them to get the most effect of those one or two or three or four moments, or where do you get more moments out of them? Maybe he needs to take the pace back a wee bit and do it more often, um, in a position where at midfield where it is a wee bit looser. You don't have to be man-marked at midfield. If you're centre-half forward, he's going to get man-marked. Um, uh, and the half-forward and the wing-back positions. I think at midfield, it probably suit him a wee bit more, whereas that wee bit of freedom. I think at midfield, you've got a guy on the other side wants to kick scores, wants to dominate. Um, Keelan doesn't have to do the aerial battle stuff. He can, I'm sure he can. He's a great leap. Uh, he can do that, but you can get that wee bit of freedom at midfield to go forward and be in the end of a move, which I think probably will suit him. But again, you will need to be have somebody very disciplined, like Mark's brother and Connor, covering from this very, very tough gig for Connor uh, to cover his own man and possibly another man into it um, at times. But, you know, Keelan will have to, you know, I suppose find himself, you know, getting more on the ball, getting those dynamic runs. But no doubt about it, Paulie's right. We need to get more, more of those type of runs from him. And then he's a complete footballer. Let's say you've seen the, the, the lads in around 22, 23 years of age, the likes of Pierce Lavery, Daniel Guinness, you know, they're starting to stand up now. And, you know, you don't think of them as, as newcomers now. You know, they're stamping their authority on, on the games. Yeah, I think they've uh, a couple of years now behind them. And, you know, they're playing a good club seasons. Pierce Lavery with Saul and, and Daniel Guinness, obviously part of the tied up team, getting to the senior challenge final. But, them two boys, did you imagine that they've um, something in common? The sheer physical structure of them, you know, da- Daniel Guinness and Pierce Lavery are, you know, compete physique now for, for senior inter county football. And that's really brought their game on because, in terms of fitness and physicality, they're not found wanting whatsoever. And that adds confidence to your play when you go out there. But Daniel Guinness was particularly good yesterday, and, and Pierce went about his job as best he could in a game was really effective. So, you know, the boys have a long inter-county career ahead of them, and that's that's only positive for Down. Well, like you see, Danny's, Danny's uh, was all for, for the disco, you see. But, you know, whenever, whenever <laughs> you see these you know what players I, that... You know what I have to say, John? You see some of the colour of them boys' skin. I'm beginning to question, I'm, I'm beginning to question in what country were they living in during lockdown. Hold on a second. He brought, he brought that all into the county. The Space Boys brought that in. There's more sun, there's more sun and down. I never never seen like I I would always contend that uh, where I live here, just on the Mailbridge Savile border... It was we had about on average with about five to six hours more sunshine on a, on a weekend. So that, that only, and it only idea. cost you with three pounds sixty. Polly, you going in as a morning man? You going in as a morning man? You see there, Danny uh, coming out of the sunbeds. Was it Tom City at that at that time, Danny? Was it? Where's poor old Polly boy? Poor old Polly, he's jumping from umbrella and umbrella to avoid the skin. The poor fellow boy. <laughs> We used to we used to distance ourselves like back in the day the down boys used to get a bad rap around the canal court now because of him and <laughs> yeah it wasn't just me Paul it wasn't just me. yeah no more but you know what do you know in, in, in those times I have to say I had a, a, a fantastic I suppose I came in what oh three we came in party workforce year do you know the culture at that time was we we trained really really hard. We did. We, you know, anybody that 
that we came in at that time, I would contend that we trained us young fellas, we trained as hard as anybody. And Paul, you were in at one time as well. It was actually a brilliant crack. And, and you know, even in 2010 and stuff, people talk about it. But we were actually a wonderful panel of players that got on really, really extraordinarily well. And, you know, yes, we would have had our battles and training on them. They all fallen out and stuff. But more than often than not, we, we went and had a drink after games, National League games. We had great crack when we were away on, on training weekends. And I think, yes, it's got, it's got all very serious. But I have to say, I'm glad I played when it did. And Paulie would probably be the same. There's some wonderful nights out and uh, some great friends you make along the way and some really good occasions. Even after National League games, I remember a Sunday night and going on to a Monday and a Monday evening. And, and then I was back on the training field. But they were really good occasions, you know. You see, uh, Fitzy, you, you stopped. Fitzy, after 2010, that was enough for him. You put, you put Fitzy, you boys put Fitzy off senior football. We did. Hey, and that, never forgive James Picard. And after what he did in the post, yeah, I was me done with him, you know. James <laughs> <laughs> a great healer, though. Uh, champion football, we called it. Aye, what a year, <laughs> eh? Man, <he's> <laughs> you. Hey, just on a final note, then um, predictions on how he's down going to beat Calvin. Um. Well, first of all, this should have been an easy question to answer because Calvin should have had 16 suspensions. They've already had two down referees. Um, <laughs> but no, how will down beat Calvin? They'll go at them. they play, and I know we said it's unlikely they will, but they'll be as direct as possible. Uh, continue as they were at the weekend to be clinical and to maintain that discipline defensively, both in terms of physically fouling and keeping an organisation and a shape and a structure and if Down do that, I think they're, a, they're as, as good as, if not a better team than Cavan. And I foresee Down winning the game by two points. Let's say, you know, you were, you were detailed this, this week to be my Cavan uh, correspondent, and you were looking at their style of play, and, and you know, they're very lucky against Antrim. I, I don't know. I think people are overly critical of them, especially in the first half against Antrim and Senu. This, this thing was thrown they didn't look up for it. I, I don't know. Calvin knew they were going to beat Anthem and they just they didn't have to be at full tilt. They didn't have to be in top form uh, in terms of their performance. They done what they needed to do. Pulled away again in the second half. Now, they weren't brilliant, but job done. They've got over Anthem. That was a bloody poor Anthem team. And, 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 you know, no disrespect, but that was a really poor Anthem team. But Calvin were just, at times, it's pedestrian for them. They still got over the nine. So I don't think they'd have much worry. Um, I would worry a wee bit maybe about their discipline. I think the three back cards against Antrim. So they're a wee bit ropey with tagging. Well, Paul Flynn refereed it brilliantly and he spotted a lot of things. So maybe it down, down to look at that in terms of Calvin's a wee bit of indiscipline in, in, in terms of the tackle. But what what was Monaghan's on doing against Calvin? They kept taking the ball into the tackle against Calvin and they kept getting repelled. Down need to avoid that. I think there's definitely potential to punch holes in the Calvin defence. I'm not 100% assured about that cabin defence. Now, Killian Clark and Boy Cairn Brady, they're in the central positions that are good, strong footballers, but I do think that defence can be got at. And as long as they can keep it out of the tackle, they can keep it clinical, as Pete says there, and they keep that high percentage of score ratio up. Down our favourites of the bookies, I see, which surprised me, but they could just edge it. I, I, I would give a tentative nod here to Down. The majority of things go their way. And lads, um, it's in it's in our mass. So, you know, what's the, 
it's notorious for being, you know, a, a bad pitch whenever the, the weather's not great. So, you know, is that going to play much havoc? And is the five weeks in a row with Cabin as well, you know, is that going to stop the legs clean out of them as well? I, I actually don't think Armagh's that bad of a pitch, John. Um, anything I played on it, enough. We actually played a league game on it a number of years ago, and it was actually a Friday night game, one of the first ever Friday night games, and it held the weather well that night, you know. So um, I don't think it'll differ too much from what it was like on Sunday. Um, but conditions to say at this time of year, you just don't know what it's going to be like. If there's a pile of wind blowing down the field, then it makes it a 50-50 encounter. Um, but look, I would just like to see a wee bit more intensity in different play, pressing a wee bit more. And as the boys say, like there's definitely gaps there that can be got at, you know. So look, we mentioned a few lads there. Daniel Guinness, I thought, an excellent game yesterday too. Created a few scoring opportunities. If we can get them boys in the ball and get them running those holes, creating overlaps and goal, goal opportunities and scores will uh, will come from them, you know. So um, we'll just love to see a wee bit more play, a wee bit more in the in Downs play instead of just being so sort of you know sitting back and go and press the ball, go and win the ball back quicker. Danny, are we going to see anything different, or is it going to be the same? Uh, cut and mouse first half, and then wait for you know that that moment, that goal. I think I think the the, the way that's going to um, I think the way it's going to play out exactly like you, like you said, it's going to be cat and mouse. It's going to be um, you know relatively rigid in terms of. Uh, um, in terms of how they're going to set up. They're going to set up with 12, 13, 14 men behind the ball, maybe 15 at times. Armagh has been, I think it's it's a good field. I think it'll hold it okay. You know, since the stadium got redeveloped, I think, you know, it is definitely a different, it's a, it's a different surface. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that will be okay. Um, actually, I was watching during lockdown, probably had a great wee championship goal there at one time. So it was always <laughs> athletic goals. Athletic grounds was always good for him. So uh, you told me to plug you there on that one, probably. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lovely goal, a lovely goal. But um, no, I think I think down, I would love to see them, as Paulie said, I would love to see them being a wee bit more adventurous, a wee bit earlier. Uh, but I think it's going to come down to one big moment. And if down get that goal, then... I think you'll see them opening up because Calvin will have to go and chase the game. And I think without a doubt, uh, the sixth game in six weeks for Calvin has to play a part. And if I were down, if I were going in this game, I would ask that question a lot quicker. I would press high and I would look to punch them holes a lot sooner rather than wait to a big moment or second half. So, But I do believe that down will, down will win the game. I believe that they'll win the game. I believe that their tails are up. And as, as everybody knows here, when down... When the down team and their tails are up, um, I think it'll happen. So, hopefully, is, is the tactics? You know, it's very hard to change tactics now. You know, you're you're playing week on week. Um, you know, what's training going to be like? Is it just about getting boys fresh again and then a couple of walkthroughs, or what's what's, or is it fifteen on fifteen? What what's the, what's the order of the day then? Um, I, for me, no, I would have said. They were recovered yesterday. They would have been in the pool uh, yesterday. They'll probably rest today, a bit of stretching, light stretching. Um, Tuesday would be back on the field doing a bit of light work. And then 
Wednesday, a bit of recovery. Thursday, but very, very light bit of walk through, as you, you say, and then a bit. Of, you know, the way these games are, you, you just won't be able to do the work. And to be fair, Down looked as if they had enough work that has been done. Paddy has said that he's very happy with the work that has been done to date. Um, they're not going to get any gains at this stage um, in terms of fitness or sharpness. So it's about being ready from a, from a mental perspective. Um, because uh, you know this game will come down to a couple of big decisions and uh, being uh, being disciplined right through uh, the the team keep keep doing the right things at the right time. Um, but I, I believe that down Tally will have them raring to go. We'll have them well disciplined structurally. And the Calvin win against Monaghan was as much about Monaghan imploding as it was about Calvin winning. That was a game that Monaghan, you know, before. You know, Monaghan should have won that game, but tactically and structurally, the way they set up, they set themselves up to be beat, and uh, deservedly, deservedly got beat. But and they paid the price for being too arrogant, um, and th- th- they thought they were being too clever tactically. So, um, listen, Calvin are there for the taking, and I think down we're taking. Fingers crossed. You get in uh, before the match, Danny. Give a rousing speech there. <laughs> well, Polly was the only one that ever listened to me, and he done extremely well out of it, didn't you, Polly? <laughs> I don't know who put me to sleep. <laughs> if your pre-match speeches were anything like tonight, I'm surprised the team ever got onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going for five wins then for down, and Fitzy's on the fence. Fitzy, you're always negative, but I swear to God. No, I said down are going to win. I just about though. You didn't just give me just about. No, like, yes, you know what I mean. Like I'm not, I'm not. There's junior had Fermanagh for the All Ireland, and now you know, you're sitting on the fence. <laughs> Ryan Jones didn't start. Ryan Jones didn't start, boys. But what about what about poor Carrie? Isn't that, isn't it sad? Great oh. to see. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think so, Polly? Yeah, I actually. Not. I was disappointed. I think that was a bad result from a down perspective because Kerry are one of the teams who were never able to beat down. Mm-hmm. So that would have wiped out one of our semi-final final opponents, you know? <laughs> um, so whenever we beat Calvin and Donny Gall and go the whole way. Um, well, I, I think, I think uh, Cork, again, I think uh, uh, Keane will be under massive pressure down in Kerry now. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not so much about what has went on in the past, you know, not beating Dublin. And Kerry had put it up to Dublin and uh, verbally could, could have beat them in one game uh, last year or the year before. But, uh, you know, I can't understand with a team that they have, Sean O'Shea, David Clifford, arguably two of the best forwards in Ireland. Uh, you know, you have O'Brien there, class player, Murphy at the back, a um, couple of brilliant midfielders. You know, <laughs> he'll pay the price, I would think. And Thomas O'Shea was quite... Um, he was Danny, but like at the end of the day, David Moore had two chances in extra yeah. time. The first 15 minutes, Kerry should have been out of sight. So y- you can look at it that way and blame the management all you want. Like, but they had chances to be five, six points ahead of court in the first 15 or 20 minutes, and they didn't take them. And the conditions played a part too. And the longer court were in the game, the more confident they became, you know. So um, look, it's just down to Kerry arrogance, you know. They, they think it's a God-given right to go out and win games they got there too. And they probably saw themselves after the league campaign as Dub- Dublin's closest challengers too. So, um, But do you know how poorly, like, the, 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 
no one came out and said, none of the pundits came out and said about David Moore kicking them two high balls. If it happened in Division 3, you would go absolutely was, mental. Don't want to happen in the All Ireland final last year where he held on yeah, the ball. Yeah, held on the ball. Actually, actually, we've a piece today too about somebody actually saying that, that they did the exact same in the All Ireland final last year. He had a perfect opportunity to play Shawnee O'Shea with a pass on the edge of the D. I think it was maybe the first shot he took that probably would have went over the bar and maybe sealed, sealed the game for them. So their decision making in those in that final third probably wasn't to the standards you'd expect. Yeah. Well, I totally, yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with, with what you're saying in, in a way. But the other side about it is, whether it be Jim Gavin, whether it be Desi Farr, whether it be Jurgen Klopp, the manager of a team and a coach of a team has a responsibility to have his homework done, to have his players prepared. And let's be honest, Kerry at that top, Kerry, Kerry one of the contenders for the All-Ireland. And my, you know, did, did they need to set up like that? Not for me, they didn't. You know, they don't don't need to set up for that. And you know, if if more if they, this is a common theme that Morn is making shots like that, surely, um, surely that this would have been identified before uh, now. And he he would you know there wouldn't be a, a common theme moving moving through the moving through the uh, through the season. So you know, I, I would. I don't know. I just I got I got the way that Thomas O'Shea was very exasperated with the way he talked. You know, he didn't think it was acceptable. He would know a lot more from the inside and what's going on in Kerry. And um, for me, reading between the lines, I, I I come to the conclusion that he was sort of laying the blame at Kerry manager's door, yeah. in my opinion. But you know, reminded me of. Do you remember? The day management got you to hit a free kick from the from the right hand side one time. <laughs> the legs actually forced me into it. I had no problem taking that free kick. <laughs> I can't say they forced me into it, but uh, yeah, yeah, hard hard to forget that one. They don't talk about the one three I scored before that, but anyway, let's not get into, let's, let's not get into that. Look, just just on the carry game, you know, I think we've, we've spoken there about carry and the carry management, but. Transport ourselves into Cork shoes for a minute. Where for the last eight nine years since two thousand and ten, you've been the poor relation to Kerry, uh, but you're coming in on the back of an under seventeen All Ireland, on the back of an under twenty All Ireland, and a sort of feel good factor in the county. You have Kerry coming to Parky Quave into Cork, um, so you have home advantage. The weather is something like the rain was of biblical proportions. The factors are starting to add up here. And then you say, well, hold on. For once, if we beat Kerry, they're actually gone. We won't meet them again. And all that motivation is building up there for Cork. Um, I think Cork knew this was a, a sort of once-in-a-generation in a opportunity for this team to beat and dispose of Kerry and to, to kick themselves on. And, you know, I would caveat that as well by saying Cork won't get it all their own way against Tipperary. But exactly. the stars, they could invariably find themselves out against Tipperary. That's the way could, Cork are. They could, but I think on this occasion, the stars aligned for Cork and um, it all sort of came together for them. Kerry missed chances, Clifford, etc. etc. Um, so well done to Cork and it shows the beauty of this pure knockout championship. No, exactly. And you know, <clears throat> I think it was Kieran Sheehy was, was on um, off the ball or one of them shows and he was saying, you know, he predicted this. He predicted that Cork was going to win, so you know, fair play to him. The, the belief 
and I suppose it is down to belief, lads, this down team as well. It's just gathering, you know, there's a wee bit of buzz around the county as well now. You'll be talking to people and, you know, they're saying that, that you know, this could be a, a good year. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I think uh, in terms of other podcasts, I think there have been all sorts of technical issues on some of them this week. I think uh, young Willie there had a bit of an issue in one of his ones as well. So, listen, if you're getting your podcast, folks, just go to load of balls. That's where you get all the sense. That's where you get the proper editing. That's um, the stuff, Pete. That's what I like to hear. You can know off off record conversations on this one. Uh, you look like you're reading that off a script, hey? <laughs> no, I've, I've literally just received it. No, I'm not, but I've just got a text through. That's why I'm glancing out at the phone here to say, poor old Eddie Brennan. He was on with um, Willie, Colin Parkinson, and Parkinson forgot to turn off his microphone after it and hang all kinds of things that were left to be <laughs> I wouldn't listen to I wouldn't have I wouldn't listen to what too much of what Parkinson has to say to be honest with you. <laughs> well I would agree with you on that. What? He probably slapped you in a challenge game or something. Uh, no, I, th- I think and I, I don't even think he would get on that day. Them least boys give Danny enough a hard time for one year. Oh, is that is that right? Heckin' <laughs> you, Danny. No, I don't. I don't know. I can't remember. I know big, uh, big Dan headbutted Clancy one day down there in the championship game. I think. <laughs> and there got the ball. Well, sorry, it was one of the ghost headbutts where actually he went to headbutt him and it never landed, but he got sent off anyway. <laughs> but uh, Billy, no. Billy, he had called or Dan, Dan, yeah, one year wonder, one year night turned round. No, no, no. That's Billy. That was Billy Sheehan. Billy that Sheehan. was Billy Sheehan. T- different fella, but Parkinson. You couldn't, you know, Parkinson, I wouldn't listen to too much here. Didn't he leave his club to go down for big money down to one of the Dublin clubs? He I did. wouldn't be. He did. I wouldn't. He went for a heap of, a heap of money, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't pay no, no heat to him. That's like Pete going all around the country. Isn't that right, Pete? You're right, Pete. <laughs> you're and right. yourself, and, so. Here. Here. I'm telling you now. I haven't, I'm not like Polly now. Ah, come on, awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's the big one. Have you hung up the boots, Polly? Is that it? Ah, well, I don't know yet. Let's see what the crag is. See what the crag is. Never say never. See, you're ready into that secretive mode now. You're going to stop talking to people. You're ready into that mode now, you know. He's going to get the point games on a Thursday night and then play for the Stone on a Friday night. That's, that's, know, that's, yeah. That was the deal. Especially around Easter. That's the plan. Fitzy, are we going to do it then? Give me one, just one more positivity, Fitzy. I, I, I am an actually positive person. You're, you're painting that. the wrong picture, my hair. <laughs> yes, d- 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 down by one, one point. Good stuff, good <laughs> stuff. Lads, thanks a million. We'll see how our, our predictions get on. And good luck. And we'll see if uh, Pete Jr. can come up with any more Calvin words for us, Pete. How the, are the, is there any poetic words to, to, for, for the Calvin man? Um, you've got me on the spot with that one, John. Um, <laughs> you've got a week to think about it. I'll, I'll have them all for you next week. I'll tell you what I'll do. When we're reviewing the Don Calvin game next week for you, I'll write a poem about the game. <laughs> make, it a sh- make it a short one, Pete. Right. Never. Please don't. <laughs> as long as you mention Polly in it, right? Good luck. Dave. <laughs>